You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. What up, everybody? It's your boy, Al Mega. Thank you for coming on to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. And, yo, today, we got an amazing guest. You know, Comic Crusaders Podcast is very diverse, right? So today we actually have an entrepreneur. He's a change leader. He's a coach. He's a man that took it upon himself one day that quit the corporate world when he was making some stacks, people. And I mean making stacks. And he said, I'm out, and I'm going to build something. And did he build an empire or what? I am so happy and honored to have the man behind the trusted toolbox, the one, the only, the legend, Chris Slalomir. What's going on, kiddo? How you doing? Hey, man. That's awesome. I love that input. I love that feedback, and I love that intro. Man, I'm all jacked up now. Let's, let's get it. It's like a wrestling match. You're about to take on Hulk Hogan or, 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 or Booker T or The Undertaker, and you're about to kick some butt. Let's do it. Let's do okay. it. So, Chris, my big homie, where you from originally? Where you where you were born and raised? Born and raised in Jackson, Michigan, 60 miles outside of Detroit. Went to school up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Got too cold. Ended up in Charlotte. And now I currently live in Atlanta. I've been here since 2001. Okay, bad, bad. So you move around along the East Coast a little bit, get, get, you know, and moving down, getting warmer and warmer when you come to Florida. <laughs> yeah, I think it's on the way, baby. I think it's on the way. <laughs> I mean, it is the land of retirement, apparently, but you're far from retirement, man, because you're kicking ass. So, you know, how is it growing up where you were growing up at, man? So it was great. It was a great place to grow up. I, you know, I had a mom and dad who really gave me a springboard to get up to be successful. You know, a lot of people say, their family didn't help them get there. My family did. They gave me a lot. How so? Were they people that you know told you, "Don't get a job, be a boss" type? No, they were. Yeah, they were always supportive of everything. My mother always said, "You can do anything you put your mind to." Christopher, I love it. Do it, and uh, gave me that optimism that I have today. My dad uh, is an engineer. My mother was a nurse. You know, they both worked, uh, but just they took care of business and put me through school. Put my brother through school. Oh. Uh, and you know, God just, bless the pop, the Papa and Mama Lalamia, man. Really. Yeah, they did good. They did really good. Yeah, very proud of that upbringing. So, great place to grow up. Gave me a lot of my fundamentals and and made me a lot of who I am today. And then gave me that chance to go out there and slay the world. Was was your family, you know, entrepreneurs themselves? You know, your parents. My parents were both not entrepreneurs. My grandparents. Okay, were, check that out. So okay. My my dad is a hundred percent Sicilian. I got two Sicilian immigrant grandparents. Both my grandmother and grandfather both ran their own businesses uh, in Buffalo, New York. And I always sat there and went, wow, I'm going to do that one day. Oh, uh, bet. And that was uh, – so they were my inspiration to go out and start my own business. And my dad, uh, he came down and helped me get it going. Uh, he was still in Michigan, and I was here in Atlanta when I started. So he came down and was doing all those things that he uh, had stayed in corporate uh, America all his life. And he came down and said, man, Chris, I love that you're chasing your dream. Let's go do it. Oh, wow, that, that's family, man. So what type of business was your grandparents in that inspired you? I'm interested in that now. Okay, right. some history on the family, kiddo. Here we go. This is awesome. So my grandpa had uh, an auto glass repair business, but then he had a dump truck business in Buffalo, New York. My grandma. Oh, damn. Made, he wanted to do a business as a big homie. He did. He was, he was big time. Yep. 
uh, and my grandmother, who is even, this is even more amazing. She did this niche thing where she made dresses for what they call the infants of Prague. It's very popular in the Catholic faith where you uh, dress the uh, baby infant Jesus up with these beautiful dresses. And I saw her sewing these things. She had rheumatoid arthritis, but she always came into the shop. I used to go in the shop with her as a kid. She made this thing. It's a really niche market. And you know what the coolest thing is? I went to Charlotte, North Carolina, walked into a church, and sure enough, one uh, one of her dresses was on. Oh, no way. How did that feel when you saw it at that yeah. moment? That was so cool. I couldn't wait to grab people and start showing it off. And, and That's my grandma. Yeah, <laughs> cool, man. It was super cool. So they made, they made it happen. You know, they just they, they lived the American dream and started their own business. And and uh, I said, you know, I'm going to do that one day, too. But it, it took me a little while to get there. I, I was a late bloomer. Oh, wow. A late bloomer. So when you say late bloomer, how late are we talking so I started my business when I was 37. I had done the Oh, wow. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. Whoa, that's crazy. Wow, yeah. 37, you went ahead and just dropped everything in life? Like I dropped, I dropped it all. I dropped that job that everybody covets. I had that. Oh, right. talk office. to me. Talk yeah. to me. Yeah, I heard you had that corner office. I heard you had the ill view, man. You were the boss. I mean, that check was lovely. Again, making them racks. I mean, talk about you stepping into that and what made you step out. The big thing that made me step out was I just didn't feel like I was fulfilled and doing everything I wanted to do with my life. And I didn't want to sit there at 55 or 60 and say, you know what? I had a good run in corporate America working for the man. I wanted to be the man. And Mm. I I was making it. And I I came to my wife and said, that's it. I'm going to start my own business. She said, you better figure something out that's going to be really good. (laughs) (laughs) Was that really the response? Did she look at you like you were nuts? She looked at me like I was nuts. Oh, of course. That's a good good wife. Look at that. Are you crazy? (laughs) Oh, yeah, man. Oh, I got all of it. Yeah, I... Like I said, I had I had that office, you know, and, uh, and I had the wow. job, I had the car, I had the lifestyle. You were living it. You were living I was, it. I was living everything. Everybody would say, "Hey, man, you made it. You're successful." Like, what, what are you complaining about, right? Yep. <laughs> so then I go and start. Came up with this idea. I looked at a lot of different ideas, but I said, oh, you know what? I'm going to start a handyman and remodeling business because that's Ooh. what I do anyway. Was work on houses for fun. So for I start, fun. How did you yeah. get into that for fun? Check you out. A right. man of many skills, folks. Look at this, homie. Yeah, Don't I can. Be so humble. So how you get into that for fun and then really made it a passion? So I made it a passion. I put together a business plan. I actually did a lot of work. I, put, I brought the white-collar experience that I had from corporate America and said, I can do this in the blue-collar space, and I can think I could do it better than other people. And mm-hmm. so I had this business plan, and I, I worked with a lot of mentors and, and got some good feedback, and I said, all right, here I go. And I left in April of 2008. And if you remember what that was, that was the beginning of a big recession. Are you telling me, man, this is when I had to re- change everything that I had planned for Comic Crusaders. I was about to be a retail store, but then that that economy hit me hard too, brother. But, you know, then I reworked it. Because so, my wife, you know, again, look, wives, right? My right. wife said, you know, do, do a media outlet then. Do it different. I'm like, all right, mama, you know, I'll try. And look, God bless her soul. <laughs> I love it. I wasn't uh, as fortunate, so I jumped out, got into it, and then watched the whole real estate economy go down. And I figured, I figured I can weather this, and I'll do this. And okay, uh, I want to know the wifey. What does she think? Because here you are stepping out, you went into this, and then boom, wham. this happened. But how did she feel? How, how did she approach you? 
you know, when you start your own business, they talk about there's two relationships that change significantly. The first one is your relationship with money. And all of a sudden, I wasn't making any. I was just spending it. So my relationship with money got real personal. The second one is your family. And uh, 13 years now, it'll be my 14th year in April, uh, I would say at least twice we had to have those conversations where she said, don't you think it's time to shut it down and get back to corporate America and make all those big money? And I said, no, 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 I'm going to keep. She goes, all right, that's it. All right. And then again, you sure? I'm like, I can do this. And now she's like, okay, I see what you're doing. You got it. But like they say, you're right, an overnight success. It just took me 13 years. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I love, right? When people say those words, overnight success, my ass. Maybe you just heard of me now, but please look back on the journey because it's been a long time. You know, 13 years, my brother, God bless you for sticking through and, and even your lady being able to, to say, yeah, my, yeah, hubby, you got this. I believe in you. Wow, that's amazing, bro. Yeah, so now it's. Now it's it's doing everything I want it to do. I've got 25 employees. I really love oh. my business. We're, uh, yeah, man. We're so let's here talk about that, my brother. Let's talk about it because here you are. You gave up everything. Again, you're making racks. You, you, you're living this high life. You stepped into this business. What is the business? Like, bottom line, explain to people over here that don't know. So we're a handyman company. i got 15 guys that go out there, and they'll do everything from drywall repair to wood rot repair to hanging doors. Uh, changing out sink fixtures, maybe changing out garbage disposals, fixing decks. So we do all those small things around the house, and then we also do bath and kitchen remodeling, and I've got a remodeling arm now of the business. Nice. So go out there and, and make people's houses and take care of their number one assets for a lot of people. Beautiful. And what was it, man? How do you feel, you know, to, 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 to you know, step into this entrepreneurial journey? Again, after being, if you will, a slave to the corporate system, even though you were making that bet, I mean, but you were still a slave to, to what they wanted, right? You were you were a subject, if you were, like, at, at their will. They, I'm paying you the money. This is what you need to do. How, you know, how, how does that freedom compare now? Yeah, so, yeah, like I said, those first two years, I sure missed those checks, but I didn't miss the BS that came with those checks. Wait a minute. You said it was so. It was a two-year journey before you actually started kind of replacing the income you missed? Exactly right. Wow, two years, yeah. bro. No. That must have been some penny pinching like a mo. I was penny pinching like a mo for the year and a half before then. The two years after that, we really wow. ratcheted down the lifestyle. Uh, didn't take uh, money at all, really. It was just kind of important. How important is that penny pinching, though, for you know, for entrepreneurs? How important? And shout out to Blind Adam. He's like, you're inspiring him right now. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I appreciate that, Blind Adam. <laughs> I would tell you, the biggest thing, you we all like to hear it in social media, hey, man, I did this with 200 bucks. I, I did this with my credit cards, and I was able to bootstrap and get it going. But all the people I surround myself with today uh, that are other business owners, that ain't true, man. I had to yeah. save a lot of money. Um, I had a big bonus that came, so I used my bonus. I used my savings. Ooh. I even told my wife I was going to go get our retirement money if it wasn't going to work out. And she said, that's a big no-go there, big boy. Uh, <laughs> You're going to get a spanking. <laughs> yeah. So I got all the way to the end. I uh, I was down to just a last couple bucks, and then things really started to turn after about two, two and a half years. And we started to ramp it back up and get moving. And I've had a good run since then. But it, you definitely got to have that money, and you've got to have that discipline to know that you can't just go out there – Especially in contracting world, right? What What are key discipline points that you could talk about? Because you know, again, you, you're talking about you know the trusted toolbox. I mean, what are those tools that you need in order to discipline yourself, if you will, in order to create something successful? Yeah, you got to stay after it each and every day. You can't let you can't even let a day go by. 
when you're watching your finances. But for me, one of the big things, because, you know, contractors, what we love to do is we love to get those big old boats. We like to get those big old trucks. We like to go off. We're, we're the man and making things happen. But I was buying trucks off auction. There were no boats in my future. Uh, and I was doing everything, uh, kind of keeping the cost down as low as possible. I subleased from a guy for an office uh, for a number of to keep those costs down and ran as lean and mean as I could. And today, you know, I've got a 5,000-square-foot office we work out of. people. And, yeah, I actually, I finally bought a new – I got my first new pickup a year and a half ago. Hey, God bless that you out here. Did you get that baby at zero miles he's talking about? I did. Never had hey. one before that. How about that? Uh, congratulations. Because, I mean, again, that's, that, that's your journey, right? I mean, you've been in this game for a minute, building something. So when you started building – this bad boy, you know, how did you start even building that team of yours? What, what were the key things you were looking for to build a team? That's a great question. So in the beginning, uh, I had some advice from a guy who said, you just go as long as you can until it hurts too much, then hire somebody. So I had a functional mm-hmm. org chart. And in my functional org chart, I filled every box. I was the technician. I was the customer service rep. I was the accountant. I was the scheduler. I was the operations manager. I was the marketing guy. And then my first hire uh, outside of the technicians was the CSR, the lady who's going to answer my phones and make my company sound great when they called in. Like, please, God, let me stop answering the phone. <laughs> so filled in that one. And then I realized I can't do the schedule anymore, but I'm a pretty good sales guy. So, you know, nobody sells your business better than you. I went out there. And I put myself in number one sales position, hired another guy. and said, all right, man, you take care of these six technicians now that we're running. And uh, he ran that up to 12, and then he said, man, I need some help. So we got a scheduler. Uh, so now we have an operations manager and a scheduler and then four ladies answering the phones. And we still run up lean and mean out of the office because these guys are taking care of business out there in people's houses every day. That's beautiful. And let me ask you here, brother, because obviously the past two years have been very rough. I mean, how have you segued in your business since, you know, to, to survive this COVID situation, especially with what you do? Great question. So when COVID first hit, I didn't see it coming. March 9th, I was supposed to meet with this consultant buddy of mine, and he said, hey, Chris, can we do it on the phone? I'm like, hey, man, uh, sure, why? He goes, dude, this is going to take me out. It's gonna, this whole thing is going to just kill me. I'm like, dude, what can I do to help? He goes, help? You're going to get crushed too, man. They're going to shut us down. <laughs> and so on March 16th, uh, I'd, I'd already had a plan. I, you know, I had written it up by adding staff, adding staff, adding staff. And so I wrote it right back down. I, I laid a bunch of people off right away. Uh, and, and that's how did that feel, man? For real. It, honestly, the first guy I laid off was my very first operations manager, and I was crying. Oh. I'm, I'm talking, and he's the one telling me, "Hey, Chris, it's all right. It's okay. you were like Nor Peterson when he's like firing people. I was Nor Peterson. <laughs> that. That's exactly who I was, brother. I was. I'm sitting there bawling my eyes out, I'm like I don't want to do this. He goes, "You got to do this if you want to survive, because I want to see you survive, and I want to come back." And yeah. Here in Georgia, our governor did a great thing and said, hey, far be it for me to say uh, you guys can't work. As long as you do it safely, everybody can work. And we kept doing handyman work, but the phone started ringing after two months. So Memorial Day in 2020, the phone started to pick back up. And, dude, we haven't looked back. Now I don't have enough guys. I mean, we're, we're cranking. People are You're hiring. Hey, what's the website, you know, for people to submit their resumes? <laughs> yeah, submit their resume at thetrustedtoolbox.com. Come work with us, baby. You're going to love it. I got 15 guys now. Nine of them have been with me longer than two years, uh, which is pretty unheard of because these guys are usually able to get their own jobs, but they like working here because we do cool work and we do it professionally and we got some great customers we work with. 
So when I when they get the two box nation and go and go nationwide, what's going on here, Chris? Do you have like bigger plans here? I I, I want to know because I see what how, you're passionate about this, but I can also see the service being so much bigger, especially from you know I I, I come from a techno te technology background, so I use certain tools, right? So I see like these tools being applied to you for this type of service industry, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So you asked a great question because. We just got done doing strategic planning with I took um, I took my office team and we went off site on Saturday just a week ago and said all right here's what we're gonna do so we're gonna open up a new branch uh, in a city in a suburb outside of Atlanta where the university Woo! so we're gonna open that up this month uh, well actually in the next three months we'll open it up uh, then I took another idea that we got called the Home Service Institute where we do training on home service technicians so we can train them on customer service so we got that going. So yeah, man, I'm trying to trying to keep it growing because well, I not, love it. Wait, I, with this training, this training, then is this something that is it's physical, virtual? Is it both? It's virtual and it can be in person, but it really is training because all of us, you know, all the trades. If you think about this, anybody comes in your house, right? An electrician, a HVAC, a plumber, uh, somebody putting in uh, maybe some floors in your house or cleaning your windows or doing whatever. We all have to work with people in their houses. And customer service is so key. And etiquette, it's, etiquette. Got to have it. So we said, you know what? I think professionalism across the board for all of us would help all of us. So yes. we developed this home service institute. It's a, a series of videos that you can use, or you can use our uh, services to help you consult, and, uh, uh, and we'll uh, help you get there. Because what I've seen with my guys is I sat back and let my operations manager run all the training. And my guys, that's why they're sticking. They're sticking because they say, hey, man, I can make good money here. I can take care of my family. I can hit my own personal professional goals. And I said, hey, I think we got a training business here. So I got my fingers in a lot of pies, and, and uh, that entrepreneurial bug is still in me. And like I said, man, if you're not growing, you're dying. So I'm growing. It's a fantastic segue, man. I mean, and, and, and again, you do more than just the business because here I see Safari Podcasts. You know, you know, Zoo Too Wild, you know, and obviously we got the Trusted Toolbox and the Home Service Institute, as you mentioned. But talk about that podcast inside, too. I made you take that dive. You know, I love talking. Uh, like, right now I'm enjoying this conversation a ton, and I want to get my story out there. Uh, I made a lot of mistakes, and I want to make sure I've shared some of those mistakes. And then <laughs> I think on other people who started businesses and, and share, they get to share their great ideas with me, too. And I want to share with that. So the Safari Podcast. That's a small business safari out there on any podcast uh, that you guys want to go listen to. Uh, and I have a co-host who really gets me all jacked up, and we get all fired up. <laughs> and I start talking, and I'll tell all kinds of stories about the bumps, the bruises, and the successes and the wins. Um, and then I, I I wrote a book about my my journey from leaving corporate America to starting this business, and uh, I was just trying to get that word out. It's a pretty easy read. I've had a lot of people give me some feedback on it. It's one of the ones I would hope that more people could read because it'll help them in any business you're in. Send it on over, please. I, I need I need all the guidance that I need, especially for people like yourself. What's the name of that book? When is it dropping? Has it dropped? Where can I get it? Give me that link so I can share. Drop it in our private chat, and I'm going to say hello there just so you could drop it for me because I want people to buy this book today <laughs> if it's available. It is available. It's on Amazon. I got a website called zootowild.com. You can go out there. And that'll give you the link right to the Amazon site to buy it. It's a it's a it's a read where it's going to read pretty easy. I've uh, yeah, I put some gold nuggets in there and shared some of my war stories and all the bumps and bruises I had that will help you 
And if you don't take something away from this book, I'm like, you'll find something. It's a it's a pretty good read because I wrote for somebody like myself who doesn't like – I like to read, but don't give me war and peace, man. I don't have time for that. Yeah, thank you. My sister used to tell me that. She said, Al, you know, again, this is so funny. It's our, our life segues. She used to tell me, Alex, you should be a journalist. Because when I used to submit reports, I was no run around. They get to the point. This is what you want to know. These are all the bullet points. Pop, 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 pop. That. Done. Here. She goes, oh, I like the fact that you don't run around shit. She told me, like, this is my dean. She talks to me like that. I like the fact you don't run around shit. You should become a journalist. You go to the point. And here we are years later, and all of a sudden I've taken this kind of segue to it. So, Miss Hamill, you know, whether you're alive or not, you know, thank you. If you're dead, rest in peace, because just thank you. Cause that's awesome. That, that always stuck with me. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, that's, uh, that's a great thing. We all have people like that who have inspired us one way or the other. I uh, I always joked about writing a book, and I'm I'm not a writer by nature, but I uh, uh, through it. And, uh, man, I'll tell you, the one thing so, I will say Writing a book is a lot harder than everybody says. It was like starting ah, over again. Great, you know, great. Out. This is right up our alley. Cause, you know, comic crusaders too. You know, obviously, you know, we love comics, but we love writing and all that, and, and and people. So, how how was that journey? How did you segue into that? You know, uh, what what were your your biggest stumbling blocks or learning curves, if you will? You know, as you yeah. you know did that process. Yeah, was trying to put the story together so somebody could follow it. And uh, I, I have a tendency to go all over the board. That's just what happens. You know, right? when you run your own business, you have a little bit of that ADD in you. So I was all over the board, man. I had 50 pages. Right. I gave it to this guy, and he said, whoa, dude, there's a lot in here. But, wow, you're going to have to shorten it up a little bit. So I got somebody to help me out uh, to give me a little bit more of that discipline so I could tell the story concisely. And like you said, and like I like to do, I start every chapter out with a quote. Uh, then I'll talk about just the first, first paragraph, what that chapter is about. And if that's something that's going to ring with you, keep reading because the stories are going to be good. And if it doesn't, then switch to the next one because I talk about my leap, my business planning process, then how to scale. Because in my business, man, you don't scale with robots and technology. You scale with people. And you better be a people person and a leader, and you better figure out how to get those people into positions so they can be successful. And I talk about all the mistakes I've made. And one of my best strengths was my passion. But one of my biggest weaknesses is my passion. Hey, dude! I'll bless you out in a heartbeat, <laughs> and yeah, I had to learn right. to that a little bit. <laughs> Ain't that the truth, my brother? You know, and that's perfect because that leads me to this question. You know, also from a pod match. You know, shout out to Alex. You know, for putting right there, bro. So there's this wonderful platform where we connected. One of your questions here. Let me ask you. So you're talking about this. How did you know you would be successful? I I felt like I had all the tools. I I actually uh, took a year and a half to figure out what I was doing, and I looked at it and said, "All right, man, let's look at what I've done." Right, I, I've got the engineering background. I've done process consulting. Mm. I did large scale implementation. I ran a twenty million dollar uh, budget at the bank, so I had all these tools. But I felt like I had the pinnings. But you know what was interesting, Alice? Uh, I started my business. I said one of my strengths is going to be bookkeeping and accounting. Right? <laughs> Dude, that was my worst thing. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a great financial analyst. I'm a shitty bookkeeper. So uh, I have outsourced. Give me both, my brother. Cheers to that. <laughs> so did I know I was going to be successful? I tell you, the, the thing that really hit me is that when you're in corporate America, you can't be an optimistic guy who's off the beaten path. You've got to march with the team going the right way. And if you so much as say, hey, I, hey well, what about going this way? They're like, no, no, get back in line. So you said, hey, listen, I'm more of a pessimist. I'm more of a realist. What I found out about myself was when I got out there running, bumbling, stumbling, 
had my wife sit there going, I think it's time to go back. I'm like, no, 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 baby, hang on. Hey, I got this. <laughs> I realize I'm optimistic, man, and that's a great trait to have. Be And having that passion and that optimism, and that's you got to have that passion because that's going to get you through that 3.30 at night when you're sitting on the couch going, what the hell did I just do? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yo, brother, you know, that, that is the truth as a fellow entrepreneur, somebody, you know, building a platform. I go through those moments where, you know, I feel weak. Uh, I have that other voice in my head in the middle of the night. It wakes me up literally in the middle of the night. I'm like thinking about this. I'm like, why am I thinking about this? I'm doing okay. You know, and then I have to like shut that voice down. So you as an entrepreneur, as a person that's been in the business and you have all the voices, you're always asking you, is that, you know, are you sure? You know, how do you, as a person, drown out those voices and really just stay focused on the mission? Well, that's hard because I know the studies out there say that we have more negative voices in our head than positive. Yes, and we it's, do. Hard, it's hard to put those things away. Uh, but I would say one of the things that somebody taught me was that as an entrepreneur, what you do every day is solve problems. And if you like solving problems, Chris, that's what you got to do. So what I do is I get myself around that and say, all right, let's just solve this problem. Let's get through this problem and then get to the next one. Get to the next Love one. It. And then see if you can't pull yourself out of those. But don't. Don't get me wrong, man. I mean, there's been some dark, lonely nights sitting there going, what in the hell have I done? Or how am I going to get myself out of this thing? Or how am I going to turn this, this puppy around and make this happen? Or, hey, this customer's not really happy. How am I going to make them happy? And you know what? This too shall pass, but you've got to stay in it. you got to sit there and solve that problem every day. So, so how did you feel when you found those aha moments to, to get you over those hurdles that you were dealing with? Yeah, you know, it feels really good when you uh, make payroll. One of the things that you're not an entrepreneur until you have to scramble around, get a check, and get it in the bank to make payroll. And I have had to do that three or four times. But the first time I did it, he was spot on, man. I had to drive 20 minutes, get this check from this lady, get over to the branch, got there five minutes before the branch closed, got oh the check in the bank, and payroll was made the next morning. But it was by the skin of my teeth. And that was one of those things where you say, how did you feel? I never felt so good about getting the check in knowing that that next morning I was going to make one dime, but all my guys were going to get paid. Yeah, everybody gets to pay their bills, their rent, and get some food in their belly for their families. I love it, man. I mean, I, 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 that's the goal that I'm trying to accomplish for the people that work with me. Right? I, I, I want everybody to eat. That's my goal. You see, I, I love, you know, those entrepreneurs are talking about, you got to be hungry. Yes, sir. But I also want to feed everybody once I gain this knowledge. And make sure we could all be on this level playing field. You know what I mean? Like, let's make it happen, yo. You know, yeah. I don't, you know, we could do this, bro. So, what, you know, as, as we're getting closer, and I want to know here, brother, how did your definition of su- success change over it changed the course a lot. of years? <laughs> yeah. So in my corporate America days, when I was drunk and intoxicated with all that great money, and that country club lifestyle, and a house in the mountains, and a car, and putting the kids through private school, you're like, hey, man, I'm successful. But I wasn't. I wasn't my true definition of success. What makes me really excited, you said one aha moment. The thing that actually gets me well enough with pride, as I'm talking about it right now, is that I know I'm taking care of 25 families, not just 25 employees. And those guys are out there providing, and I would say they go out there and they get to get fulfilled on what they're doing each and every day because they get to see what they do as artists. Uh, whether they're working in houses or answering those phones. So my definition of success is watching my team solve a problem that I couldn't have solved on my own. 
And when they get to do that and they get to have that same pride, I tell you, it it is worth a lot of money. It's worth a lot of personal money for sure. And uh, oh my God, bro. you're making me feel emotional here, bro, because that's how I feel my that see, you're talking as a real leader. As a real see, that is folks, this is what a real boss person that thinks team first that you know wow bro you're making me almost want to cry because you know that that is leadership bro god bless bro i love those words from you and i hope that your team appreciates that yo because that's amazing coming from you bro wow powerful words man A, a real boss right here that really cares about you know the people that they work with it's not say you said team you didn't say employees you said team <laughs> yep yeah, that's they're my team for sure, and that's the one that uh, you know what feels really good, especially when you go into the weekend. And yeah, you get to spend more time with your own family and get to have some fun. I'm starting to have some fun as well. I love to have fun in life, uh, and so that always feels good. But that's where I really get moving is when that team says, or I got that great review put on Google, and the team comes back and they send me a picture like, "Hey man, look at this bathroom." You're like, "Wow, that's amazing." Hey. Hey, you guys even got ballistic comments. Great information and motivation. Can you see what I was telling you about, Chris, man? We're all in an entrepreneurial journey. When we hear stories like yours, man, even we in the combo community get enthused because you have a story. You you know, you got something going on that can only inspire us, too. Because, you know, you are creative. I mean, home, home, home work, home design, home fiction, that is creativity. I mean, I could probably hire you. Can you make me make my uh, garage do like a comic book garage? You probably could. You could do it. <laughs> that into El Mega Empire, baby. Not mm. just, we're we're thinking big, big empire. I love it. I love it. But okay, so you're doing like you said the satellite office. Do you really have bigger plans to go outside of Georgia and do something more like you know outside of the states, more on a national basis? I don't know if I'll do that. Actually, I'm uh, I'm going to prove out the concept that I can run a remote uh, location. Right now, what's going on in the home services space? A lot of uh, private equity, a lot of consolidation is going on. So I might uh, entertain offers four or five years from now of hey, we might uh, see if we can't take this thing nationally. But right now, with what we're doing with the Home Service Institute and you know getting out, getting the word out, podcast and the training and trust us. Uh, that's why I want to be working for the next 10 years, because you're right, I'm not retiring anytime soon. You, you shouldn't, man. You got great energy, bro. You're a good person, bro. You bring, you're educating, you're, you're giving people opportunity. You, you're doing a fantastic service. Everybody, come on, I'm in Florida, but we need people like you out here. But that's what I'm talking about. Go national. We need, we need folks like you doing some services out here in these houses out here in Florida, bro. I love that. I, 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 uh, I want to do it. But I, right now, I just I want to get through this step. And then I know. Just, and, and, and let me not egg you on that much, right? Because wife is going to be, who, who told you to do that? You're going to be out <laughs> mega, then I want to get some hate mail. How <laughs> <laughs> dare you tell my husband? Not hey, that. <laughs> he's money. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> nah, yo, you, you're an amazing guest, brother. Um, so, you know, the book is available. We could get it. You said at, at zoo2wild.com, right? Yep. And then if people are looking to get, into this type of business and get edu- educated, they go to homeserviceinstitute.com, correct? Yep. And then, of course, you know, you, your business where it's at is trustedtoolbox.com. Yep. You can find me there. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook, and I'm also on Instagram. Awesome. And then, of course, if they want to tune in and, and, and chat about the business in that world, 
All they gotta do is visit safaripodcast.com. Oh yeah, yeah, all ki- all kinds of ways to get a hold of me. Emails always great. Love answering those emails. People always ask me questions, and always happy to spend thirty minutes with anybody who's thinking about it because I'm an open book. I'll tell you everything. So for for our listeners in your area of Georgia, right? Yeah, right there in Atlanta. In Atlanta, uh, are there any current job opportunities? Absolutely. We're looking for technicians, project managers, and, of course, I'm looking for a general manager to run my new Athens branch. Oh, folks, you hear that? Athens, Atlanta, ATL, right there. Check out his website. Please visit the website, trustedtoolbox.com. Hit him up in the About section, Contact Us section, and, yo, hit him up. Hit him up. You're looking for work? There goes a, a true employer that cares about his employees. Love there it. There you dude. go. I'm yeah. thinking it, brother. Thank you so much, brother. So let me just say thank you. Thank you for, you know, I always say to you people that flowers. You know, you're not just creative. You're an entrepreneur. So thank you for taking that 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 onto yourself to want to help people, you know, build your brand, but also provide opportunity for others. So thank you for being so bold and brave and taking those steps, Chris. You're, you're amazing, bro. Yeah, a lot of thanks, man. This has been an awesome conversation. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on for real. I've learned a lot. You inspire the crap out of me. I hope that one day Comic Crusaders will be at that level where I'm hiring people and feeding them, not just, you know, digital content, but actually giving them some greenbacks via check. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I love it. That's you right. People, those facts, baby. I love it. Yeah, let's make it happen. So, everybody, once again, please follow Chris on social media. He's available on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. At Chris Lalomia, Chris L A L O M I A, and of course, please visit all those amazing websites I've mentioned. Whether it's SafariPodcast.com, the Home Service Institute.com, Zoo Number Two Wild.com, and the Trusted Toolbox.com. And with that, thanks everybody for hanging out today. I'm your boy Al Mega with the amazing entrepreneur. The extraordinary, one and only, Chris Alomia. Thank you again. Hasta la próxima, mi gente. Later. All right, Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCase.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 